Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast episode 280 where we're discussing season 10 of The Walking Dead's mid-season finale episode 8, The World Before. So, uh... Before we get into that, uh, just to let you guys know, there's been some scheduling issues, and then just finally, um, the three of us were able to get together tonight, um, so hopefully you'll hear some more from Jim and Russ on Facebook, on the Facebook group or something like that, but unfortunately for you, you have me hosting then, so, um, but uh, before we jump into the uh, recap of the show, uh, did we have any news, Aaron? Um, well, thank you, Rich. I yes, I am here, and Daryl Taylor, you're here as well. I I think I am. <laughs> oh, I forgot the introduction. It's, it's all good. Okay. It's okay. Just, it's, it's all fine. good. Hey, I it's no, fine. not everybody can be Jim. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, you've alluded to some news that we do have. I mean, this episode is titled "The World Before," and fittingly, the title for the. Previously untitled Walking Dead spinoff, the third spinoff series, or the second spinoff series from The Walking Dead, the third with Walking Dead TV series, has been titled Walking Dead colon World Beyond. World Beyond. Walking Dead colon. I I said, I said Walking Dead colon. No, but I mean, it just colon, just left it at that, I thought. Walking Dead colon? Yeah. Yeah. It's a deep dive into the uh, anatomy of a zombie (laughs) from the the darkest of places. Go inside to work our way out. This zombie needs to intake more fiber and less flesh. It's like a magic school bus type episode of Walking Dead. (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, What do we think? The world world beyond. Uh... It's not really much of a name. Is this and this is the show where it's from the viewpoint of kids that came up through the it's the kids body. Yeah, yes. I don't. I mean, in a way, it, it has promise. I mean, we're looking. We, we know the Walking Dead world very well now, as far as you know the rules of the zombies and things like that. But you know, for those, and I won't go into spoilers, but for those that have read the entire comic series, you know. It ends with a different type of future, and um, it'd be interesting to see a show that starts that evolution of getting to that point of a more civilized society in a way. I mean, you're still dealing with walkers, but, you know, where, you know, to some kids, walkers are myths, not myths, but they've just never seen one themselves, and uh it's something of an abstract thing for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's some funny bits in the last comic, but anyway, um, I, I, to me that it's gives fine. that's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of like you know, as somebody who likes history a lot, I like to think, you know, what are people Americans a hundred years from now looking back at this time? What is it that's going to stick out and things like that? Oh, how and, dumb we are is the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and then on the flip side, what is it that they have improved on? You know, I like to think of those things. And in a way, that is what I'm kind of hoping out of this series, that we're going to see these these groups that we're following in this new series actually start to learn from the mistakes of the what's going on in The Walking Dead now. Um, you know, also a different geography and things like that. And then, you know start the evolution of what the new rules of society are you know how do we navigate this world of the walking dead and still be safe and still be civilized we use staffs a lot (laughs) well yeah we in addition to like the trailer or the title reveal we did get like a new trailer right like a new kind of preview of the show and it highlighted how julia ormond has like the main adult who may or may not be some kind of antagonist against the uh, 
rest of the kids there. She's at least lead, seems to be leading whatever society they're in. There's a shot of what a helicopter that has that same symbol that's mm. on the helicopter that carried a uh, Rick off and uh, is in fear. Which is what well. I find very interesting. Uh, that caught my attention the most out of that. Well, not un- not unlike a certain Marvel podcast that's on the HHWL network. That's right. It's all connected. It so, is. Um, I mean, as far as the title goes, I'm surprised that it wasn't another build into The Walking Dead. It's not like right. a, it's not the world beyond The Walking Dead. It's just Walking Dead colon this thing. Um, that's neither here nor there. But no, at the same time, I was, I, was kind, I was kind of expecting that, you know, something along right. those lines. Well, it's, I wouldn't have expected that. It's not like AMC or The Walking Dead has beat us over the head time and time again with marketing blitzes. Uh, you call it. You got fear of The Walking Dead. I figured there'd be like a, you know, growing up Walking Dead. Something <laughs> like that. You know. That's what I thought they would do. Walking Deadish. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, I don't know. it's pretty generic. Yeah. World Beyond. It's like yeah. a travel show. Yeah, exactly. Which is what I hope there. That's that's what the uh, the one minute spinoffs should be. It'd right. Just be a <laughs> brief travelogue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the so we have the title. We got a, a new look at the uh, the series. It's going to start. Um, let's see, sometime ne- early next year, I guess, presumably after this season ends, um, this current season. So when this season wraps up, I imagine we'll jump over to uh, World Beyond. And we also saw that apparently it's going to be uh, they'll be they'll be putting it on Amazon Prime as well. So it'll be like what AMC first, and then I don't well, know how so where things work. Did they did they say there would be a, a, a window or would it be day and date? I'm not sure as of yet. I don't know the exact yeah. yeah, which makes me curious because you currently have what like the AMC. What is it called? What's the what's the premium AMC service called? That they are pushing hard if you premiere. Like the premiere. Yeah, premiere. Yeah. So it's like I mean I guess I guess they really want you to be able to watch this show wherever you can. <laughs> That's what they're going Well, to. I will say that because I have Premiere and I that I was thinking before I got it, I'm like, who cares a couple days early or whatnot? But um couple days early so like on a you know friday night saturday whatever i can just sit and go and catch it that allows me a little bit of time for it to digest before i do my second watch through Mm -hmm. um before we record not knowing we would have a week (laughs) this time but um so i i don't know to me it's worth it uh because I have to get up so early on Mondays, and so if I can watch it earlier, it, it benefits, and no commercials. Oh, yeah, as far as the premiere goes, yes, I can see the convenience there. I just read in terms yeah. of, like, being able to watch it here and then eventually watch it on Amazon Prime. It's like, all right, they, they really want you to be able to watch. Oh, yeah. It's just sure enough they'll put it on Disney Plus, I'm assuming, too. You know? Yeah, there's only the real funny thing about well, advertising I mean, that, uh, the, what, the AMC, what do they call it, the AMC? Premiere. Premiere, premiere is mm-hmm. that maybe not advertised shows that are canceled <laughs> but you can watch rubicon anytime you'd like to now <laughs> oh i was, i um uh, i don't see commercials anymore they're actually airing that <laughs> i mean that... no they're airing a couple of shows that they've already announced that were canceled that it just cracked me up when i'm looking at it i'm like uh show's not coming back yeah, I, it, it's interesting how the streaming it pushes weird. Like, uh, you know, I watch uh, the CW shows on, on their website and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would offer a payment so that you could get it commercial free, but still. Eventually. Um, but they are constantly advertising that show about them. I forget what it was called, but the guy who never dies, played by... Uh, oh, yeah, that's for Rick- their... Yeah, their special, their app is filled with shows that never made it past like one Every season. time I watch a CW show for yeah. our DC stuff, that is advertised at least two or three times. And I am just like, why do they continue to sink money into advertising this? Well, <laughs> it wasn't good. I watched it. It was not a good show. Well, regardless, you can catch uh, Walking Dead: The World Beyond eventually in the spring, and you can watch yep. it presumably on Premiere and Amazon Prime, and all your favorite episodes of Low Winter Sun whenever you want to. So, <laughs> with uh, that in mind, Speaking I think we're terrible shows. I think we're I think we're good to go <laughs> on the world before. Yeah. Either way, it's all just right. a show that you don't have to. I think 
I'm making the assumption that you don't have to watch the previous two shows to to watch that show. That's what they're yeah, kind of think... saying. I think you just have to know the premise of a zombie apocalypse, and besides The Walking Dead, that's very much a pretty well-known trope nowadays. So, yeah, just drop in and start following this group. So, all right. So, like Eric said, let's move beyond the world beyond and go to the world before. So, this episode opens up in a flashback. Uh, Alpha's asking Dante to be a mole in Alexandria. Um, and then a little while later, we see him stage a walker attack and get saved. And uh, they gets taken in. I, now, the group, that wasn't Alexandria, right? He found another random group that eventually got taken in, if I'm remembering right. Or am uh, I... That's what I took it as. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um, it's another. Yeah, it's not specifically Alexandria. Right, but yes. right. Yeah, I think it, I think it's like people. Yeah, I think it's people from like the kingdom moving around or something like that. Yeah. yeah well, I I definitely think he was. They were taking advantage of all of the chaos after the heads on the pikes and all of that stuff. Well, that and every they read. You know, they they were rescuing other, you know, groups that were out there. Yeah. Yeah. And he got oh, a guy yeah. coming in screaming and saying, hey, help me, what not? There's zombies exactly. going to be like, you know. Yep. Yeah. So. This uh, whole sequence, I mean, this is a perfect, like, hey, by the way, everyone that's saying, like, how could this be last week on last week's episode? This is just like, guys, it, hold on a second. Here's the answer. This like, is yeah. why. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Daryl. No, I'm just saying. This, no. I'm just telling you, this is why. This is, yep. this is, this is why. How it happened. Behind the scenes. We see Dante pass secret messages to the Whispers. Paint. Mm-hmm. He's the one who painted the Silence the Whispers graffiti. Yeah. He's the one that messed with the water supply. You know, we were, we kind of guessed that a little bit last week, but before last week, you know, we were, at least I was, convinced that Gamma cutting open the walkers into the water was what was causing it but that's why i'm very still, I'm still confused about yeah, the whole water confused, situation because it's like yeah. wait so what's what's the big deal here either he made the water poison well clearly he did make the water poison just by you know rigging the thing to make it seem what it isn't Are they over it now or it seems okay well or or gamma put the like what what was the what was the point of gamma's thing i guess yeah. I mean, that's that's well not, actually i i think i have an answer to that because i was thinking about that this week Do, have either of you hunted before no no okay so the first time i went deer hunting and was taught how to clean a deer you don't have to do it this way but one of the easier ways is once you've cut them open you actually take them to a water source to clean all the viscera okay. and guts out and all of that stuff so because it's not required, but it does make it easier. So I'm just guessing that that's what she was doing, and we were it's just unrelated. too much into it. You know? uh-huh. Well, yeah. don't they, if I'm not mistaken, don't they do that in the comics, don't they? Don't they poison the, don't, so doesn't someone poison the water hole, like Woody always says? Like, isn't that a thing? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I'm trying yeah, to I, I feel like I distinctly remember this. Like, someone po- I, literally I think poisons there was the water a, hole. A well or something, right? I'm thinking. I think you're right. But there. But also, I mean, also with a river, though. I mean, that water's moving. I mean, it would take a lot of viscera, more than, you know, it would have to be a giant herd's worth of viscera to really, really saturate and taint that water through the entire. This is going in. This is fair enough. I will just say then it's a failure on the direction. <laughs> this is what I'm yeah. looking at. Like if we're Plus emphasizing, of, well, if people are getting sick at the same time we're seeing right. this thing happen, it's like there's too much conflation of ideas going on. I think it. I think it, it is unrelated, but in the writers and directors' mind, it was meant to for us to connect it as related to be okay. a MacGuffin in a way, I guess. That's fair. I mean, a red okay. herring or what have you. Yeah, it, it all, that makes sense to me. And yes, you explaining it as a, yeah, we're just basically like making the, the, the skin clean for us to use as whisper skin. Like, that adds up. It just feels like we're stacking that on top of this at the same time. It's like, all right, I guess I'll, I can live with it. But yeah, Dante did it. Dante did everything. He did that. He poisoned the water. 
He did the spray. He shot Jr. He shot Mr. Burns. He uh, now buried Hoppe. <laughs> the thing with when he when he poisons the water supply, I was mm. expecting it to be a little more intricate than he bent the handle up. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. So the other one's not bent. No one. one's gonna notice. That? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's a little, I I get it. I get what I mean. It's it's shorthand. I mean, it's yeah. Fine. You're right. I mean, it's fine. I was he, just he like used, he used a killer croc object. He he threw a rock at it. Oh, <laughs> I was I was liking it to Wiley Coyote. Like you know, he called in Acme Supply and they sent him instructions to bend that thing up. Yeah. You know, like you the know. arrow pointed one way and then he just turned the arrow around and it pointed the other way. <laughs> yeah, he is thinking. Oh, this is yeah. great. And then. Um, now I'm I'm reading from Skybound's recap and they use plural patients here about him suffocating patients in their sleep, but it just shows us that one old lady that Dante had been, you know, talking with and everything else or not Dante but uh Sadiq had been talking with and um I had guessed after last week that he had suffocated her, especially when he was out there burying her, you know. Um but this their article indicates that he had been suffocating many patients in their sleep. I mean, we do. I don't know if the if the show has laid out like a number of deaths related to all of this, but I mean, we certainly know at least one person died. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if there's more. We're just again using shorthand to be like, see, he's doing all this crazy stuff, but you know, nope. whatever. Answering all those questions from last week, so. Um, so in the present, though, Dante gets interrupted from finishing off Sadiq when he's killing him by Rosita and Coco. So Dante lies about his whereabouts as Sadiq reanimates behind him. And let me say, before she even noticed Sadiq or any of that stuff, he was doing a very poor job of lying. Um, very well acted of a poor job of lying <laughs> by by the actor. It's all falling to pieces. Yeah, so... Um, Rosita slowly backs away before Dante tackles her. Uh, Walker Sadiq is walking over to Coco in the crib, who's crying, uh, causing Rosita to stab Dante in the chest. And then she has to finish off Sadiq. Yeah, um, was, uh, and then, a little, little stressful. Was yeah. Stressful to watch. Well, and, and, but like then that. she clearly had some therapy right after that as she beat the living hell out of Dante. <laughs> and then she picks up Croco and cries. Well, that's uh, why I'm like, so they're not, she's not sick anymore? Like, well, I mean, you got, you got that adrenaline rush going. <laughs> well, throughout the episode, don't you? I mean, yeah, she seems to be getting better. I mean, she has yeah. been getting treatment. I, um, I was annoyed by not. I mean, Rosita taking care of business, cool. Um, but she's a fighter. Yeah, yeah. But I, there's so much you could have done with Dante Mm -hmm. with this, and so much suspense you could have had by knowing he's there and nobody else knowing that. But it's just even if the even if like they let him play out through the episode and get discovered, but by the end, but it was like immediate, like uh, so immediate that they. discover him and you know get rid of him and all it's like okay that's i mean it leads to other things that happen in this episode that are also um it's like you said shorthand yeah yeah but it's like all right we could have we could have stretched this out a little bit more and yeah all right yeah I, i found it a little bit unfortunate well i also wonder i mean this was a little bit of an extended episode but i i'm wondering if maybe they were initially writing for a full hour and a half or something like that like they've had in the past and they had to cut it down i don't know Mm -hmm. or just lazy shorthand writing it's not lazy. no it's just like that's (laughs) not lazy but yeah that's the choice that they chose to make and i just feel like there there was more potential to do something with a guy that's secretly in the base that you know is bad but nobody else does. I think that's really juicy potential right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then instead they have Rosita just like, you solve him, save baby and kill Sadiq all in like the span of two minutes. It's like, okay, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But on the other hand too, uh, when you think about it, if we were in that hypothetical situation, you know, everything would be kind of crazy and moving at a weird pace. In, in our mind, you know, like being in a car accident that happens like that, but everything seems to take forever, you know, so who knows? Um, 
the next day, Gamma meets Aaron at the bridge and asks if the baby, her nephew, I think his name was Adam, uh, is still alive. Um, oh, yeah, he says his name is Adam. Uh, she offers him information in exchange for seeing Adam, and he takes off her mask. She tells him her name used to be Mary. I <laughs> I want to know where this goes. That's right. I guess that's the yeah. too early yeah, to know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm still this, right. This is only like the third episode that's had like them doing stuff right. in total. So it's like, all right, where's well, this? that and the end of this episode leaves even more questions about <laughs> Gamma's information. Anyway, so back at the infirmary, Daryl takes a swing at Dante as he, Carol, Rosita, and Gabe interrogate him. Uh, Dante claims he planned to keep Sadiq alive until he discovered his identity. Um, he also confesses he was sent there to stir paranoia and force them into bad decisions, which I think he did a pretty good job of. So Aaron arrives home and gets caught up on the whole Sadiq switch situation and Dante and all of that. And he's disgusted at how oblivious he was, um, which I don't know. It seems everybody was fooled there, Aaron. So yeah, but <laughs> why are you taking it all on yourself? Oh, because Rick's not around. That's right. Okay, um, that's what Rick usually does. Um, it's so... yeah, it is. Um, they've been doing stuff like Aaron's all over the place this season. Like yeah. now he's back to like calm down. Like hey, this is the Aaron that we know. But like putting, it's almost like the show is like. Yeah, we've been mess we've been messing around with Aaron too much. We need to calm him back down again. <laughs> like let's let's get him back on your side and be like, yeah, you what you have been taking to, uh, too much leave and not knowing what's going on. Although I've liked some of the things that they've done with Aaron, it just doesn't congeal together in these episodes. You know, I like yeah, I like it in theory. I just yeah, it yeah. just doesn't. It, 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 it either a little out there. It, it needed more work to get to that point, yeah. or we needed just better work showing us this like why he's at this kind of dark place, what was at this dark place. Yeah. I didn't get it. Why he was And then it just, either. as we talked about before, it just kind of ended. Of course, my favorite improvement to Aaron this season is that. What do you, uh, mace on his arm. I think that's cool. Um, but anyway, so as he's talking with them, he also reveals that Mary told him where Alpha's horde is at. Um, explaining that she just wants to see Adam. And despite being skeptical, uh, Daryl orders Aaron to summon a group from the hilltop to meet him while he looks for Lydia. And then this was interesting. One of the more interesting parts of the episode, I thought, was when he turns to Carol and says, how could you have let Lydia slip away? But she says she doesn't think she wants to be found. And then Daryl responds with, uh, are we talking about her? Or are we talking about you? Um, I just thought that was a very interesting exchange. I, I, I'm i just wondering if um, soon we're going to have another Carol going walkabout like we did in, like, what was it, season three, four, something like that. I mean, it certainly is building to something, but then again, we have, like, this whole Daryl Carol thing that, we get more of that later on, so there's more to say yeah. about that. But yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, at the, for the time being, it's like, okay, these two, like, <laughs> they're, I, the benefit of not having Rick around has meant that we have a lot more of Daryl Carroll stuff along with Michonne occasionally, uh, yeah. just because you, you know, you, they're they have to become more central figures by default, and so it's been nice to just see them together more because like that people love that obviously like fans of the show are all about that and yeah I do think the writers seem to acknowledge this and want to do their best they can so it's like injecting conflict into it I like this more than I like injecting conflict into Daryl and Rick I can say that that's for sure yeah well and I mean you know the show's also about to lose Rick 2.0 uh, Michonne so. Uh, by the end I mean, of this episode, no, I thought Aaron. I was thinking Aaron for a minute when you said that. <laughs> I hope not. I really like Aaron. Oh, you didn't. You didn't hear about the Disney Plus Red Skull TV show that they announced? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, "Just Hanging in the Soul Dimension." That's it. <laughs> it stars. Uh, it stars Russ Mar Ross Marquand and and Mark Curry reprising his role as Mister Cooper. <laughs> yeah. That's Hell, the that joke guy... I went for. 
that guy could just sit on stage and just do his impressions and probably draw crowds. I, I saw him at Emerald City Comic Con last year, and he was on stage just sitting in a chair as people were doing, like, the, the host had a D20, and they had a list of the person to impersonate and the situation that they're in, you know, like some talk show kind of thing. But he just sat up there for an hour and a half just impression after it was hilarious this is the premise of what hanging in the soul dimension would be just That's be red right. skull occupying his time by impersonating everybody except he looks like a red skull and not ross marquette <laughs> <laughs> i'm in uh we move away from all of that drama in alexandria and we're on the road where luke convinces michonne and judith to visit a library to stock up on books um michonne that Rolle- wasn't gonna go wrong <laughs> yeah uh, it's interesting though. Uh, Michonne reluctantly agrees, and they browse the library. Um, <laughs> I'm like sitting here thinking, "All right, well, let me just sit back and wait for a walker to attack him at some point." <laughs> I was thinking that, but I was also thinking, "How is she going to explain the Dewey Decimal System to Judith?" <laughs> no, Judith is no Saint Carl. Probably wrote her like a whole schematic. Oh, oh yeah, it's in yeah, the letter. yeah. Oh yeah. It's in her phonics books or something. It's like, and this is how libraries work. (laughs) So Magna radios Michonne to give her the news about Sadiq. And then, as Aaron anticipated, Luke gets attacked by a walker. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, he gets saved by a stranger who runs off. Michonne grabs the man's bag and tells Luke about Sadiq. Um, This just, this little exchange with the stranger, especially once Michonne shows up in the scene, just goes to show how effective the, the Whisperer's um, fear campaign has gone. I mean, because normally if there was some stranger out in the wilderness, they would be skeptical and they would be cautious, but they wouldn't just instantly be on the ready to attack. Whereas this was, wait, a stranger? It could be something from the whispers, whatever, especially after she just found out about Dante. And I don't know, it just it, it just shows the effectiveness of what the whispers are trying to do. We go back to Alexandria, uh, where Gabe is giving a eulogy at Sadiq's funeral. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, Gabriel's big goofy hat, because he's wearing that big goofy hat while he's giving this thing. <laughs> it's like, wow, uh, I'm glad it's sunny outside because that is such a big hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I after... get that he's like, what, a Southern pastor, but at the same time, it's such a, it's such a big hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, my dad was a Southern uh, preacher and he never wore a hat like that mm-hmm. after the funeral ezekiel is uh lamenting about the loss with carol and offers to help her find the herd she asks if he's okay and he tells her good luck outside the gates rosita takes out her anger on a couple of walkers uh when one gets too close eugene jumps in to help her trying to get out of the friend zone um i mean she is recently single uh he offers her (laughs) i don't think he's trying to get back no no i'm just being goofy um he offers his condolences and leaves Mm -hmm. uh he's been creeping behind her because she he pretty much knows she's gonna do something yeah not right not smart when she gets angry that's her thing well, I mean, he's been with her since the beginning, right? Yeah, and he knows. She lashes out. So, she, yeah, he knows. And she lashes out, and he, that's probably why he followed her out there, because yeah. he knew she was going to do something. So, yeah. La- yeah. so, later, Gabriel watches Dante's videotape, and Rosita walks in and admits Eugene had to help her fight walkers, uh-huh. uh, lamenting how vulnerable she is. Gabe assures her that that feeling will pass. This um, is when yeah. they pretty much have established that they are not together anymore. Yeah. Because he is so emotionally distant. Yeah. It's a nice scene, though. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's, because it's well it explains acting. it all without having to say, you know, without going through a whole thing of, don't you love me anymore? Like that kind of thing. They didn't do any of that, which I'm glad. It just shows. You did not. 
neither one of them are talkers about that kind of stuff anyway. Right. So it 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 makes sense that that would be their their language, the way they talk to each other. Where we're you know. we're gonna get more of Gabriel later too, but it speaks to how Seth Gilliam and uh, Christian Serrato, like they've certainly grown into these parts. Like they're a lot better yeah. now than they were when they started, and it, and oh, it really sure. shows. Like they it, were not liked when they were. They were yeah, gonna... no, people were complaining about both yeah, all the time. They wanted them they, gone. Yeah, they've really they've really settled into these roles, I think, quite effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Aaron's telling Gracie a story about a vacation he once took in California with his then boyfriend. He explains they stood in ruins and wondered the what love life... of his life, which I, I like how you put it. That that kind of shows his the, he's how different he is. That's his kindness is, is the way he is about yeah people. Yeah, uh, but he's uh, saying they were wondering what life was the old what it was like for the old civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses the story to ponder if Alexandria might suffer the same fate. Um, at uh, which it's pretty heavy for a children's story. Well, I like the honesty, and you would need to be. I mean, at this point, you would True. need to be that way. Um, with you can't, you can't be, you can't hide, you can't. There's no bubble for your kids in this world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we talked so. about that on Fear when with that, you know, group of kids in the treehouse. Right, you can't. You can't do it. Now, maybe in the other show, when we get to the, the new show, that would be something that um, they might do a little bit more of because it's so closed in. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, they don't experience that world like that. But in this, you know, in this point in time where they are, yeah, you can't. <laughs> you pretty much can't, uh, you know, close that off. You can't protect them. You have to kind of be honest about everything. Yeah, it's the kind of stuff that I, I guess I want the world beyond to dip its toes into, uh, you know, heavily. But also, just yes, it's, <laughs> it is, it is neat to see the show kind of take these strains to make it work yeah. as far as you know, getting across its horrible nihilistic message to the, to the nation. <laughs> All right, so uh, then we're back at Oceanside, and the man who saved Luke in the library uh, gets captured um, over by the beach. Uh, the man be- is begging Michonne for freedom, but she isn't feeling trusting anymore. Suddenly, walkers arrive, and Michonne loses track of Judith, who I think will be just fine with her little sword. The thing to keep a track of is that Michonne has like, just found out about the whole uh, Dante right. thing, so right. it's like I, because it's like, wh- why is she being so unreasonable? It's like one thing, walk uh, whispers, but also whispers literally have infiltrated the base. So it's like, okay, how can this the exact same situation is presenting itself right now. So it's like, I get it. All right. So yeah, Walker invasion. Okay, how big are these walls? Because there was like a lot of walkers that came through. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then we get to the somewhat controversial on the internet this week anyway portion of the show when Gabe visits Dante in his cell and asks if he even had a family like he said on the tape when he had first gotten to Alexandria Dante tells him it doesn't matter so Gabe walks into the cell with him he admits that he saw Sadiq as a brother and without him his family will never be the same Gabe then brutally stabs him in the neck and chest until he's dead, which I, you saw coming. I mean, that... I don't know, but I, like, I didn't see it coming. You didn't, I didn't see it coming. Oh wow! I, I, I no, I was I was in well because again, I think the writing is very strong here. Um, oh it, yeah, it, for sure, he's done this kind of thing, before. especially because of how tired I am of people like. Alpha's fine, but when other people start saying like how the whispers are so great and all this <laughs> all right. nonsense, and Darwin and all this, it's like. All right, guy. Like, I get it. Like, you're a what I like how they did was, and he's a good actor enough to carry it. Is the the lead up to it? Like, he's been getting hit with, you know, previously that he's been trying to be the peacemaker. We have to, you know, be careful. We have to work together. We have to, you know, make decisions as a group. All this kind of stuff, and they've been chipping away at that. Right, all these things are happening. He's still trying to keep it together. It's still chipping away. 
when he reacted to Rosita the way he reacted, that's when I knew it's not that he doesn't care about her and he's resistant to her. It could come off that way, but it's not that way. He is inter he is absorbing everything she said to him. Uh the loss of, of you know, everything that had just happened, all that loss, it's still in him. So when finally finally when they get to that point when he's in that when he's in that cell and that dude starts talking that stuff again he that's it like i knew that that would be it because i've seen it like even the way he carries his shoulders like even all of it it's just he can't take it anymore see that's fair and yeah i i just i was really into how they're exchanging their dialogue where i wasn't yeah. like focused on where it was going like if i was watching this in a, with a different point of view i could probably be like yeah i know where this is headed but i was just i was into the moment but i also i really like what gabriel's saying in this scene where he gets to that yeah. point where he says like he talks about second chances mm -hmm. and then immediately kills him and what yeah. it reminded me of i i would assume you guys have watched buffy the vampire slayer oh uh, uh, it uh um, many many times okay. all seasons and angel I've only and, seen I've only seen the show one run through, but I still remember this scene. It's a and scene. And I've read all the comics. It's a scene where where um. Okay, show where, off. It's a scene where okay. G where Giles uh <laughs> wait is it Glory that's the one that like turns into people like she yes yep. Glory or she's the doctor the, guy. Where mm -hmm. when Giles kills that guy when he's in the human form right it's just the way that that plays out where he he's explaining things to to this thing and he's mm -hmm. and he and he takes it out or it's something that you don't ex you don't expect from giles to a point no. even though you know he has a dark that's what it felt like with gabriel as far as yeah. he's he and knows with giles uh, prior to that mm -hmm. buffy had gone through so much mm -hmm. that giles kind of been taking it for her like he yeah. this is the thing to to take it away take the burden away yeah, from exactly her. the burden yeah. yes and that's 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 what it reminded me of specifically where, oh, where, sure. where gabriel's yeah. in this mode where it's just like I mean, there's due process, there's we'll get over it, there's all the prayer I can give and whatnot as a past, like, all of that's there, but you know what? That's it. Like, this guy, there's there's no place for you here. Like, that's not, that, that you're not a part of this anymore. And he takes it out on him. And it's brutal. It's not just like uh, he's going to, you know, slit his throat or something. He stabs him a lot. <laughs> it's like, wow, he really went to town on that. Uh, yeah, yeah and I, I mostly agree with what both of you are saying, but because, like, the whole lead-up to it, you're right, Daryl, as far as... And I didn't really catch into this till my second watch-through, but just throughout the episode, like you were talking about, just the little things, the constant, here's another brick on your back, here's another brick, you know, just mm -hmm. putting it all on him and everything else. Um, I feel that, yes, Dante mouthing off again or whatever just pissed him off, but at the same time... It felt like Gabriel went in there with intent to kill him. And I just, I call BS on that. That just does not, that does not fit that character. Not the way they've built him up over the seasons. Um, I just, I, I just don't see Gabriel doing that. Knowing that there could be a lot of weird fallout that comes from that with the group in Alexandria. I don't oh, know. Look at what's been going. I mean, look at what's been going on. He's been trying to broker a peace and all that, and they have been sending a dude in there to pretty much destroy them from the inside out. I mean, it's pretty much all. No, that, I get it. The war is there. I mean, it it's just pretty... doesn't seem like that would be. Gabriel would be the least likely character, in my opinion. I would see Judith doing that before I would see I, him doing I disagree. I think I, I, disagree, I think Gabriel yeah. has I think all of the stuff that's gone on in his life mm -hmm. after that since the walkers have started, you know, since the zombie apocalypse has built into him this point of like, well how do I how do I how do I comprehend this latest atrocity that's like yeah. happened under my watch after dealing with you know, my own congregation stuff the the various enemies we've encountered over the years, watching over Negan in his cell for who knows how long. I mean, and and him and him biting at me every chance he gets. Right. I mean, this guy, I get it. Like I, like I, 
and if anything, it just makes me more interested in what's going to go on with him because he exactly. can certainly he can certainly use a plot line <laughs> instead and of just you kill being, the like, kindest. You kill the doctor in the group. He's not even the guy that you know. He's not even one of the fighters or whatever. He's just a, he was a doctor trying to help people. I mean, right? I see. No, it. I see. like I said, I get it, but at the same time, it just it. I don't know. Like going back to your uh, example with Giles, you know, we know. That Giles has a dark past. I mean, some of the stuff before well, he Gabriel was a watcher. The most dark the most dark thing that Gabriel did was lock his parishioners, which was terrible, but it was also he, also, he opened that gate too to Alexandria and let all the walkers yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He did, it, he, did, he did it looking at the camera, being all like, yeah. look how much you hate me. Like, that's what he was going to do. <laughs> the good thing about it is because of how good they played it, you were forgetting that. Yeah. And I think and what also worked is that Gabriel forgot it, too. And then when he's having that conversation about forgiveness and stuff, it's all coming back to him what he did. I mean, after for a while, he, you know, you kind of forget you did something bad when you've been doing so much good but it's still there it's still part of what you did the the things that added to him doing those terrible things they're still in there he used to be the creepy one too yeah he was the creepy one he didn't go away remember when wherever when uh, negan like came to visit before he was captured when he just came to visit alexandria Mm -hmm. and like and gabriel shows up at one point just kind of like appears behind negan is like whoa you, you, you be creeping people out or something. He's like, right. says he gives up some quip. Like he, he's like, he saw something I'm, in him. Like I'm, I'm not the one that's trusting Gabriel of all these. Like if, yeah. if you want to talk about people that are least likely to do something like this, I mean, like, yeah. I don't know, Eugene, like, I mean, like I yeah, would, like, like Eugene. And then I can even see Eugene doing it. You put the right circumstances. No, I, yeah, I could see that. If he, if he killed Rosita. <laughs> exactly. Or she was in there. They were going to kill her. Uh-huh. And he, I could see him doing it, but, no, he's been the creepy preacher who's the killer preacher, right? He, yeah. he hasn't been the. I'm, you're making like he's been a flower child the entire well, time. Know, it's his, like he turned in his chip. Like he had a good <laughs> run. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we need to take a break really quick because I need to clean the wall because my mind is blown all over it by these writers. Because you're right, they have gaslit me into forgetting yeah. all of that stuff about him. And mm-hmm. I've really focused on how he's been since the time jump. Yeah, everybody else has done it too. It, you know, except the only ones that really look at him like that is Negan, because Negan kind of sees through a lot of bullcrap a lot yeah. of times. He yeah. kind of sees it and he says stuff. That's why he likes him. It, it, like he gets a kick out of him because yeah. he's, he he he. he because he contradicts himself, he's he's such a contradiction. He's such oh, a imagine contradiction. Imagine when Negan hears this news. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The group is gonna be like, I can't believe he did this. Like they're yeah. not gonna they're, they're gonna think what you thought. Like, funny oh, you he say, would never do that. You say Negan sees through it. I like that Negan's top people have to be uh, uh, Gabriel, Carl, and Judith. Like those yeah. are his favorites. <laughs> Easily those are favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Eugene back in the day, he could yeah he could trust Eugene to be Eugene for the most part. Though. Right. Well, and exactly. Daryl, he loved exactly. Daryl. He he'd send Daryl all he those could, he you know dogs. Daryl, he to- <laughs> yeah he tolerated. No, but Darryl. he was he lovingly packed him those lunches of dog food sandwiches and everything while playing Easy Street. I mean, no, yeah. what he fun. wanted to break that that was it was fun. I know. It was fun for him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. Yeah. All right, so um, so we're back at Oceanside, and uh, the man who had got that was captured uh, was trying to escape and gets held up by Judith. Uh, Michonne comes running and looks proud. Let's be more specific. He's trying to run away, and she like whips out her samurai sword and cuts his leg, so he falls down. <laughs> <laughs> Little Yojimbo She's... Judith over here. Hey, Daryl named her correctly. Little mm-hmm. ass kicker. Um, so, and Michonne comes running and looks very proud of, of Judith. Uh, then we we'll go back to Alexandria, and Rosita spots Gabriel leaving Dante's cell covered in blood. Elsewhere, Daryl, Carol, and Aaron meet up with the Hilltop crew, 
They later cross Alpha's border, and Carol nearly steps on a bear trap before Daryl stops her. Uh, he then chastises her for being reckless um, and tells her, uh, you never came off that boat. It's been like talking to a goddamn ghost. She cries, and Daryl starts to comfort her. Uh, Jeremy Car- Piven walks in. They're like, let's yeah. hug it out. They all have a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Carol composes herself and kills a walker as Daryl disarms the trap. Elsewhere, uh, Gabriel and Rosita burn Dante's body in the yeah. woods. They give him a Jedi funeral. John Williams score, please. <laughs> you see the mask burning, and then there's someone else that collects it so he can be like in the later on. Why didn't the body disappear? <laughs> He's oh, a machine. You think, you think in the mid-season premiere that we're going to have a Dante Force ghost talking to Alpha? I hope so now. Oh, we've got to. I mean... This show could use more Force ghosts is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, we had him, actually. Rick has, Rick has seen Force Ghosts. Like, True, yeah. He's had a Herschel. He's had, we had that whole episode. That was like the season finale or whatever. What, what, what is it? Was it or no the the one where Rick dies right yeah, where like was, people are just coming back to him all over the place? Yeah, the, where we get the very specific set of people that aren't the ones that you really want to have happen. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Remember that? Remember how like it wasn't Stephen Yun? <laughs> yeah, because I mean that actually also aired like right around the same time that uh, Scott Wilson passed too. Yeah, because so. they filmed the scenes beforehand. Yeah, so they yeah. were able to. And yeah. as we all know, Scott Wilson had a high midi-chlorine count. It was ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Off the charts. Little known fact, he's actually Anakin's father. Okay. <laughs> so we're back at Oceanside again, and Michonne is questioning the man, and he claims he just wanted to get supplies and go home. Um, he also says he helped Luke because Mercy is in short supply these days. Don't we know it? Um this is where he showed off his Morgan Rules tattoo on his back, apparently, also. <laughs> <laughs> so Michonne says that reminds her of Sadiq's My Mercy Prevails Over My Wrath, saying that he had told her. And then um, eventually he reveals he lives on a naval base on Bloodsworth Island in Maryland and needed one of their boats to return. Uh, Michonne says he still owes them, and he says, you'll still have enemies to fight. Maybe we can help each other out. Uh, Michonne later tells Judith his community might have weapons big enough to take on Alpha and the Horde, and eventually she'll venture out to find them. Um, hmm. I guess I wonder, like, yeah, it's a naval. What kind of weapons would there be? Uh that's what I was thinking. Like, well, like, if it's the one in Maryland there, there's sometimes um, aircraft carriers docked there. There's battleships. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not denying the no, fact no, that, yes, that. That, yeah. there, there's certainly a lot of stuff there. I'm just curious, what's, so what like, what's useful to Michonne right. and her band of people that mostly use sticks? <laughs> what, what What's useful to them on land that they're going to use to battle Alpha and her, like, I guess just like a... A lasers. bunch of artillery. It's gotta be something. A railgun. It's gotta be something to blow up a cr- like a crowd. Like it has to be flamethrowers. You know. Yeah, so, that's what I'm thinking. It had to be something like that, maybe. My buddy and old podcasting partner uh, Kenneth uh, used to be in the Navy during the first Gulf War and all of that. After the war, he actually was uh, training on the laser weapons that paint targets so that you can shoot from far away without actually having to use any telemetry or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe they have some kind of weapons like that. I don't know. Um, so you need something that could blow away a crowd because that's they're stuck with these walkers, right? So you need something that you can shoot from far away, right? That could pretty much damage... Uh, uh, an area serious crowd control yeah yeah uh, yeah something like that not just like smoke bombs or whatever it's not gonna do much it's something that's gonna you know uh well and if they have the coordinates of the where the alpha's horde is at and they were actually able to get a nuclear sub from the naval base they could I don't see them doing that. Yeah, uh, 
That's a whole other thing. I don't either. I just like to think about Judith pushing the button to nuke Alpha. But anyway. Where she says, like, B5. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you sank my battleship. Um, Let's get to the stupid stuff. Oh, wait, there's some more before we get to the stupid stuff. <laughs> what else happens? So the next morning, Daryl and the others arrive at the Horde clearing, um, and it's empty. Uh, Daryl's pissed, but Aaron tries to assure everyone that he doesn't think he was wrong about this. Um, still, Daryl says their new mission is to find Lydia. Uh, Michonne tells the man that any weapons he gives her will pay off his debt. He accepts the offer and introduces himself as Virgil. Uh, Michonne then tells Scott, Luke, and the others her plan and asks Judith to be good for her uncle Daryl. Uh, she and Virgil then set sail for Bloodsworth Island. And let me just say that if this is how Michonne is leaving the show this season, I am not happy at all. I mean, I, she's going to be gone for a while, but I mean, you know, there's going to be a big heroic moment where she sails right. back in on a fucking yeah. battleship or whatever. With a exactly. Pirate flag. <laughs> I've been trying to remember, but I think when did, wasn't it when she announced that this would be her final season for now anyway, that, they agreed to – she's in 10 episodes. Yeah. Am I – okay, so this yeah. has only been eight, so that that can't – And she hasn't been in all eight. She's been gone for like no. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe so, on the road to Oceanside forever. Because <laughs> so, yeah, I actually would like to see this – Maybe three weeks. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been three because the last one she was in was the episode four. Then there's right. five, six, seven. So yeah. Yeah, it's only been in five episodes. So she's got five more next season. But I, I want to see this naval base. I want to see what they've done with it. All the stuff you guys were talking about with the weapons. Just, I mean, the resources that a fully functional naval base would have had at the time of the apocalypse happening. That would that would last a group of a fair size for quite a while. Yeah, but you know, it's it's her Virgil and like, but like. The mom and two kids, like they're not going to be yeah, none of <laughs> doing too much. It, it would have to be weapons that you could not be fully trained to use, and they could still use them. And this show's stretching its budget to two other shows and movies, so it's not, not you know they're not going to be. Showing well, I'm not talking about the resources as far as weapons. I'm just talking about the the storage of food and water and everything else that military bases have. I mean, you could have a. a group of 50 to 100 people and that would probably last them 10 to 15 years yeah but you'll so. see like cool matte paintings and they'll be like oh yeah but you know alexandria's <laughs> home and that's where i'm going bye like peace out <laughs> yeah um i would like to see like in some of these spinoffs or even the main show um run into more characters like uh what was morgan's pregnant cancer girlfriend's name grace was it grace? grace yeah yeah you know she pretty much kept herself <laughs> i like that some of the listeners listen to only the walking dead episodes not the fear ones so you're just like pregnant cancer girlfriend <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like, what? Hey, <laughs> you gotta watch to figure out or listen to our old episodes covering them but i'm just saying you know people that have been denying themselves the ability to go anywhere else or interact outside of what has happened to them that don't really know what's going on in this world. I mean, there's got to be like, uh, not that naval base, but there's got to be like your ritzier areas of the world, you know, your Monte Carlos and whatnot, where people have just held themselves up for years on years on years. And Yes, I, I too want to see the Canto Bite of the Walking Dead universe. There you go. There you go. Be interesting. So, meanwhile, Carol spots Alpha across a clearing and sprints towards her as yeah. Daryl and the Here's others the follow. Here's the stupid stuff. Alpha leads <laughs> yes. them into a cave and Daryl's forced to kill nearby walkers before entering. He walks Alpha in. He does a funny run, too. Like, yeah. Come yeah, that, that's, that's on brand. That's for sure. He and walks. Same, same with Daryl. Daryl's all like, yeah. I do my yeah. moves to my, my, <laughs> my, my Mortal Kombat avatar version of my character. Yeah. <laughs> he walks in and falls down a hole where he and the Scooby gang are surrounded by walkers and it fades out. Dun, I, dun, dun. 
I I'm not sure why there's controversy over the Gabriel scene when this scene is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've heard stuff over this, but there's just been a lot of you know, it's the internet. There's probably problems with every bit of this scene. Fair enough. The, reading, but... There are so many problems I have with this like cliffhanger beat. Where like on the one hand it's like, okay, it's a cliffhanger fun, that's nice. But for one thing, like, everyone in this group is so interchangeable. Beyond Carol and Daryl, it's just mm-hmm. like, well, we just assembled a group of people that probably matter to the show, but who cares? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, like, offhand, I could not tell you who's with them, but, like, I know it's, what, Aaron and Magna and whatever, the, the others. Like, it's, <laughs> but it's like, all right, you've included them. Does it mean anything to me that they're all trapped down here? Not really, because no. I didn't get a sense of the group that's all together for this. But uh, regardless... You just had a whole scene of Carol being like, let's hug it out. We're, we're fine now. Only to have her sprint across open land, go into a shady area, not do anything. Like, I get that she's mad. I understand that, like, she has this fury against Alpha. But we, we, we've, this is a, this is a supposedly smart character. But okay. Yeah, she's smarter than Let's that. say she's mad. Fine. Whatever. All of the rest of them? <laughs> all of the rest of them are like, all right, here's a dark cave. Let's figure this out. Oh no, we all fell in the hole at the same time, I guess. What's Daryl up to? He's killed tanks. He could probably reason this out. He can smell things from miles away. Oh, I fell into the hole too. What's going on at the end of this episode? This is so ridiculous. It's, so ridiculous. it's their homage to the Goonies. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I mean, it was a bit tropey. It was a bit ridiculous, but. I, it didn't bother me so bad. I would have rather have had a little more compelling of a cliffhanger because you know they're going to get out of it. Um, my theory is that Lydia is going to get to the Whisperer's camp, see Negan, formulate a, something with him, and then they're going to be the ones that end up rescuing this little group. Just a guess. Yeah, it could be any number of like you know ways. It's just the, the setup to this. It's not that it'll make... <laughs> It's not like it suddenly drained the episode of any kind of life. It's just more like that's a lot of stupid it's, moves in a row for me to try to It's very Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that was our mid-season finale. Um, before we get into our Buster ratings and all that, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor, uh, DCBService.com. Um, this site is great. Uh, I'm not just endorsing it. I use it every month them and their sister uh, site in stock trades uh you can if you're a comic person you can get um bundles at 50 percent off of different uh, dc or marvel properties i think they do image bundles as well um but it's so much more than comics uh you have statues action figures t-shirt toys cups um if it's something that they can put merchant uh licensing on they probably have it at dcb service but at 40 to 50 percent off of the normal retail price um uh currently they're still open for the uh november order um you probably have this is tuesday the third as i'm talking you may have till friday if you want to get your uh november orders in and then of course december coming up um lots of great stuff that could be stocking stuffers i'm just saying um and then on in stock trades if it's a trade paperback you're looking for they more than likely have it at 40 to 50 percent off and if you order 50 dollars or more it's free shipping so um, but uh, that's dcbservice.com, and we thank them. So let's go ahead and get into our busters, and let's start with Daryl. Um, really like the beginning. <laughs> this is the <laughs> first part of the episode. I dug. I, I love the Gabriel stuff, the Drazita dealing with it. The, all that stuff was great. Enjoyed it. <laughs> but then when we get to the other part, the last part of it, it just, uh, again, it just was so, um, just kind of dumb. And even with the guy that with the weapons, like they, we've been through this before where it's like, we, the odds are against us. We need something. Right. And then someone comes out of nowhere, a stranger and says, I just happen to have that thing that you probably need. Yeah. Like, it happens. It happens. It was in but the it, script, Daryl. Well, it happens in many shows. It happens all the time. 
Um, but it was just that mixed with, hey, let's get him. And then they all run and just fall down a trap. It just, I don't know, it just, it just was not the greatest of uh, cliffhangers. It just didn't feel like it was a great cliffhanger. I still like, I wanted more of what was going on in the camp with uh, with Gabriel. Really. I actually would have would have preferred more of that um, than the cliffhanger. But anyway, still, i give it a 3 out of 5. I mean, it's still worth it. It, it, it didn't destroy the episode. It was just, just a okay. nitpick thing that I did, just didn't dig at the end. Aaron? I'm with Daryl, honestly. I like a lot of this episode, and then it just kind of like into the finale. <laughs> it's just like, all right, like, oh yeah, I guess we gotta, we gotta I guess we gotta end this. And it's not like I need like some kind of significant death or so we got that no. last week or you know no. anything like, you know, some kind of bombshell dropping. It just, I think there are ways to maneuver characters into a certain place without having to drop their intelligence that I've seen on this show before. And then mm-hmm. fortunately, they're just like. Yeah, all right. They all just fall in a hole. <laughs> it's like okay, yes, basically that's what they did. <laughs> that's the, that's our solution, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, like three, three and a half busters. That's that's fine by me. Okay. Well, I enjoyed the episode. I mean, I I will agree it was a bit bit disjointed in places, uh, but in comparison to some other mid season or season finales that we've had with these shows, it was better than some we've had, um, but not as good as others. I, I, I was actually pretty much coming into this recording with uh, three out of five busters myself, but that was before you two enlightened me to the gaslighting <laughs> that was going on from the writers in my feeble little brain. Um, and I'm actually going to go uh, four, four busters uh, for me. But um, who cares what we think about this? Let's go to our Facebook group and see what our listeners had to say. And unfortunately, we don't have the golden voice of Jim Dietz to read them this evening. So the three of us are going to alternate and go through them, starting with Daryl. All right. Uh, which is the first one is Ray Irvin. Uh, five sword-wielding demon children out of five. <laughs> uh, I laughed. I cried a lot. And I absolutely loved Sassy Judith. Uh, I'm so excited for February. Also, very excited for World Beyond. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Richards says, four out of five psycho vickers. <laughs> this <laughs> definitely was a really good episode. And and to cold opening, explained so much about what has happened. And now Dante was getting the info to Alpha, but for a mid-season finale, it seemed to be missing something. It's almost like Dante's peak peaked too soon. Sorry, couldn't resist that joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny Stower writes, five, the deep, pl- out, the deep place out of five. I love the cold open. It was a good episode, but I feel like it ended a little weak. Did the girl who wanted to see her nephew, did she lie to Aaron and the group and Alpha knew about it? Seriously, what, what, what a strong first half. Hope Michonne doesn't leave the show like how she did, but it's interesting. That gets a five. <laughs> you're, you're willfully uh, acknowledging that you have problems with it. Five. Yeah, All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, Richard Charrington. Uh, Richard Cherry Chopping Charrington. Yeah, Richard Cherry Chopping Charrington. There you go. Drinker uh, of Coors Light. Exactly. Four. The first half was pretty good, but the ending was meh out of five. Uh, hopefully that wasn't Michonne's exit. If it was, it was pretty lame. Uh, as always, after the midseason finale, uh, I'd like to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and all the best for the new year. Thank you again for all the hard work putting the podcast together, and I really enjoy listening. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Rich. And then we have... <laughs> I. It's from Bill Co. There's no text. It's just floating poop emoji <laughs> with what looks like Korean maybe subtitles. I don't know. Um I think I think he's trying to say it was shit. Uh I guess. well the the poop is smiling though. So I yeah, like to think oh, the episode point. is probably one of the best ones of all time. I think that's what he's yeah. saying and yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's we what he means. That's yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're probably happy right. poop. Yeah. Yeah. Bill yeah. Coe liked the season ten mid season finale of The Walking Dead. You, you can record very, that very you can put much. you can put it on your uh, voicemail. 
He gave it right. four poop emojis out of five. <laughs> four. There are four on well, screen, so that's there I mean, you that, go. Yeah. I feel like we've interpreted this correctly. I think <laughs> sure. you're all right. And why don't you go ahead and read the last one, Aaron? Uh, my buddy Mike Jones here. He writes 3.5 used boats out of five. Not many surprises or risks here, but a solid episode. The cave scene wasn't what I'd call a cliffhanger. Daryl is there, so you know they're going to make it out. And as always, too many kids and babies on the show. <laughs> <laughs> always on brand with the baby talk. <laughs> all right so um that wraps up episode 280 so uh daryl where can the people find you on the interwebs uh you can find me on the taylor darker podcast uh we have a bunch of stuff coming up we have the uh end of the uh year cliffhangers for all the tv shows and we'll be covering that uh, with Jim and Donnie on the Nothing's On podcast. Also, we got Crisis coming up, so that will yep. definitely be covered. The uh, the DC uh, live action uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths. Um, we'll be dealing with that uh, probably in a week or so. We'll, we'll start to kind of get into those uh, five part. To... Did you watch Batwoman yet this week? Yeah, I've, I've caught up on that. That on all of them pretty much. That stinger scene, very yeah. interesting. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, so uh, definitely look out at DC DC All Stars. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, dealing with there, and uh, yeah, you can uh, catch me on Twitter at the Voice One Two Three. All right, and Hollywood writer to the stars, Aaron Newworth. Where can they find you? You can find me talking about movies with my friend Abe on the podcast I host called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about the new movie releases, and we do have the fun bonus episodes as well. A lot of good stuff coming out right now. We just talked about Knives Out. We're going to talk about The Irishman next week. So stay tuned for all the various award contenders and whatnot. And meanwhile, I'm also writing on We Live Entertainment. You can find all my reviews of The Walking Dead episodes over there, all my reviews of Preacher and other shows that I sometimes do. And I also write movie reviews as well. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Yep, and uh, I'm on this podcast, uh, and then Daryl mentioned the DC All-Stars. Um, we've been covering the CW shows and whatnot there. Um, and then also on that same feed, but um, it's on both Taylor Network and HHWLOD, is the coverage of the Watchmen miniseries on HBO. We just finished watching Episode 7, which hopefully we'll be talking about in the next day or two great show just a great show um but you can also find me on all the socials at uh chubtote01 so uh for this week if there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth goonies never say die happy holidays what is a goonie monster squad for life (laughs) hey you guys